the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. Good evening, KOTO listeners. This is Julia Caulfield. I am your host this evening on Off the Record, and we are talking about the Wilkinson Public Library's Community Conversations program, and specifically the program taking place next week about sexual assault and harassment. I am joined by four impressive women in the studio with me. We have Claudia Garcia-Curcio, who works at the library and is also a board member for the San Miguel Resource Center and former employee there. We have Tiffany Osborne, who also works at the library and is a board member for the Telluride Education Foundation. Joanna Spindler with the Wilkinson Public Library, and then Sebastian Siddiqui, who is a is the Policy and Advocacy Manager at Tri-County Health Network. Thank you all so much for being here this evening. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. So to start off, for folks who might not know, um, can you just explain kind of big picture what the Community Conversation Series is that the library has been hosting this winter? So um, this is the Basam. So we, we, when we um, started doing this back in October, November, we came together talking about what is the big need of the community. The Healthy Kids Survey had just come out, the results, and I was speaking with Tiffany about it, and it was a big concern with the parents because the numbers were rising and the numbers in different areas were concerning. So we came together with the thought, let's have some conversations about it. Take a topic all the topics from the survey and devote one month conversation to each one. And mm-hmm. the idea is also to create this safe, compassionate space where we can unpack these ideas, unpack perspectives, questions, bring in guests on a panel. It could be people who are peers, it can be experts, but then devote a lot of time to conversation from the community. We want to hear from youth, we want to hear from our peers, we want to hear from elders. And then the most important thing that comes out of these sessions is the action that we take. We take, we have like, so like a working document we've been creating over these past three months where we've come up with solutions to what we're dealing with and then what kind of action we're going to take as a community. We also, um, in that, we weave in collective care. Mm-hmm. So we do meditation and breath work so that everyone leaves with tools for their own um, mental health well-being. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that even though the library is the physical host, we have so many collaborators leading this, of course, is Tri-County Health, who have been our collaborators from the very beginning on this entire series. And then involved is the Telluride Education Foundation, the San Miguel Resource Center, um, Access Healthcare, um, many other local organizations, Bright Futures. Um, So essentially, it just aims to address the tough topics that our community sometimes has a difficult time talking about and like Tabasim says to do so in a really compassionate and welcoming environment. Yeah. Um, and as a reminder to listeners, this is a call-in program, as Off the Record always is. So if you have any questions for the folks who are here this evening or comments, um, things that you would like to add, please give us a call, 970-728-4333. Um, we're going to dive a little bit into the topic of sexual assault and harassment, which y'all will be talking about or discussing next week. But for kind of that conversation that will be happening in the future, can you share a little bit about um, who are some of the folks who are going to be on that panel mm-hmm. and, and who's going to be in the room um, for that portion of the event? And I kind of wanted to add before we move on, so each community conversation, um, we're making spaces where everyone feels welcome. So we do have some simultaneous interpretation. So it is a bilingual kind of event where anyone that mm-hmm. wants to be there um, can be there. And mm-hmm. so we've provided food, we've provided babysitting, and we provide interpretation, which is like at the same time. Um, and that has really brought our community together because you're not othering. You're coming together as like, maybe I don't speak the language, but we both, we both want to have a conversation about sex with our, with our kids. And, and how what does that look like mm-hmm. and so that has been in my perspective being Latina kind of bringing that up and bringing our community closer together mm-hmm. um, instead of segregating and having programs that are different because of the language barrier mm-hmm. yeah no I was at the sex education for parents not as a parent but I was like that's fascinating um, so I went to that one and I, and I will say it was one of the first or maybe the first event that I had been to in the community um, 
like that where there was simultaneous interpretation going on and it it really was it was an amazing um, element of the program and a really cool way to be able to get a lot of different voices who maybe are not often sitting in the same room with each other totally. kind of in on that together yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah so who's gonna who's gonna be talking next week who's gonna be there at this program yeah go ahead so we definitely have someone from the Senegal Research Center Liza um, who wor- works in the school and Ainsley who's been there for a while um, will be coming in just because they're an organization here in our town that um, when it comes to sexual assault that's the organization you go to for that support if you've been a victim of any crime that's kind of the organization that you go to and their kind of expertise on advocacy and what it looks like the process if that were to happen mm-hmm. And we'll also have um, Josh Compt, right, from yes, the law enforcement. T- from the Telluride Marshals Department, and we're also hoping to work with uh, Mountain Village Law Enforcement, who have a specialized victims advocate on their staff, so they can kind of address the um, local law enforcement side, which is um, certainly part of the response to be considered. Um, we'll also have counselors there, Laura Knight from the school will be on hand. Kind of like Tabasum said, we really carefully set the stage so that when difficult topics are being discussed, people feel that they could step out into another room and speak with a professional counselor if they just needed to unpack a little bit uh, solo. Um, Emily so. from the Med Center. Emily, Emily from the Med Center. Jimena is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Emily um, from the Med Center. So she, um, a couple of years ago, SMRC got a grant to get a couple of nurses in the Telluride Medical Center to be St. Exam nurses. And what that is, it's like you are a nurse that does a very invasive, in my opinion, exam mm. after a sexual assault. And um, yeah, em- Emily's great. And I think it, back in the day it was Betsy. And Betsy was the only one we had. Um, and then I think we have now two. I, I, I'm not 100% sure. I know it's Emily and maybe Elena, but I'm not 100% sure. But again, it was like, that's what we needed. When sexual assault was happening, like having someone at the med center that we could call and be like, hey, can you give this exam? Um, it's not a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Part of the process for seeking justice also is just community solidarity, I think. And that's one of the really great elements of this conversation is that we will have professional um, staff from local organizations on hand to talk about what their resources are. Um, but there, it's also really important to us to have just the community sort of support sharing that comes from sharing this conversation. And, and one of the real intentions that has been at the heart of this from the very beginning when we realized this needed to be a topic of conversation was to understand that we want to, as a community, curate a space where sexual violence is not tolerated, where it's not welcomed, where it's not swept under the rug. And I think one of the big things we have talked about is that until pretty recently, it's something that hasn't been talked about very publicly Mm -hmm. at all, but continues to happen. There's no place that's immune from this. And of course, that is not as it should be. But if we pretend that something's not an issue, we can't address it. So even just being there to listen, even just being there to provide your your presence as a community member, you're being part of creating progress around this issue. So everyone's invited. Yeah. You know, it, I think living in this community, we do know that um, this is an issue that we, as every community has, and so this sounds probably like a, a question with an obvious answer, but, you know, what was it that made this topic one that y'all decided, like, this is something that we need to put focus on for one of our conversations in this series? Um, that would probably be me. Um, I have, um, uh, you know, my kids have grown up here, and, um, and just hearing, and I hear a lot of teenagers, and I have both a boy and a girl, mm-hmm. and um, and a couple of years ago, we did a book club at the library, um, and we read Missoula, and I read it with students, and hearing their response of, I was like, wait a minute, what? And Missoula is a book by John, John Krakauer about uh, yeah, if you, sexual if you, assault about at sexual the university. Assault in a college yeah. town. Um, and and just how not easy it was um, to to go through the process, to be accused, to be the accuser. Um, he, he really does a good job, I think, showing all sides. And I think as a parent um, and as a community member, I was, sh- I, I was actually 
I mean, I'm a woman. I know this happens. It has not happened to me, so I feel um, fortunate. But listening to young people talk and saying, oh, that happened to me. And, oh, that I know somebody that happened to. And I was like, well, why didn't you? Mm-hmm. Why, I mean, and, and just listening. So super frustrating. So it's one of those things that I've been thinking about for several years. And the conversation continues um, on. And, and I was tired of it being swept under the and I wanted to create more awareness that it, it can happen um, and it does happen and what can we do to not just our, our younger people but all of our women I mean that was the if we did our um, our what it was our class that we just did self-defense, uh, self-defense class mm-hmm. so yes we had the self-defense class that's what we started out with um, and it was so empowering and so amazing mm-hmm. and um, the marshal's office they were inc- incredible teachers we had so much fun Julia was there mm-hmm. um, and is actually certified now I know I know not that anyone should I trust know. me with that but <laughs> technically I am um, <laughs> so it's been a long time coming I think just the awareness and knowing that just talking to other women that are in town that it's happened in a bar it's been um so it was just i was tired of it being kept swept under the rug mm-hmm. and i think nationally um sexual assault awareness month is in april um when i was at the research center we didn't really do much in april because it's off season mm-hmm. we would do things in may but i think it was just very appropriate to kind of bump it up a little bit and let's have those conversations yeah and and so when um Obviously, this is an issue that is um, impacts everybody in our community. And, and Joanna, you said that this is definitely an event that is for everybody to come yeah. to to join. But it's also kind of drawing off of the Healthy Kids of Colorado survey sure. to some extent as well. And so, um, kind of when you're framing it, Healthy Kids Colorado, that's for young people. Yeah. Community wide, that's for all of us. And so, you know, are you looking at it more through a f- mindset of specifically how this is impacting young people in our schools or in no, the broader context? No, I think context. we were very specific about it being community. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to, it, it, it was, yes, that is part of it. Yeah. Um, we all agreed to that, but we all, it's very intentional that this is a community conversation. I'm, I'm going to let Tabaskin follow up on this too because she has a thought, but um, one of the things that has come out really like as a massive overarching dynamic in these community conversations is that in order for young people, and we're talking about people who are kids all the way up through, maybe you're just a young person and you're just out of college and you move to Telluride, which is a a huge part of our demographic as well. So young person can be broad, but all young people look up to those who are older than them. So if we want a healthy community for all of these reasons, we need to create that at all ages. So that takes the village Um, committing to a dynamic of understanding that we have to support each other through behaviors that create a healthier community so yeah which I was going to just kind of follow what you were saying like from our last conversation last month which was about the two-spirit LGBTQIA plus um, youth needs and allyship um, conversation we had um, the person who came in from the four corners rainbow center Mm-hmm. Jennifer. Jennifer. That was such an amazing presentation. One of the things that came out from that presentation that really stuck with me is the saying that if a child has one adult in their corner, one yes. person to turn to, that makes all the difference. And so, yes, um, the Healthy Kids Survey just really was the impetus for this, was inspiration for this, but it's definitely something that we've taken to expand to include the whole community. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it only takes one adult, it's like, so my goal for this is, can we mobilize the whole community? Can we get, because a lot of times, for example, anyone who has been um, experienced any type of sexual violence, um, this could be men, women, children, um, transgender, anyone could be at risk for this. The feel like a lot of the onus is on the person who experienced it. I myself have experienced a type of violence, and I remember someone telling me, I went going to the police, they're like, why didn't you call earlier? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? I'm like, so it actually is, why aren't we creating a safe environment? Why are we having communities where violence exists? So my 
goal, long-term goal, is having a future without violence. And it begins with everyone yes. becoming trained in community, for example, community safety training, becoming trained and like becoming an advocate. So the San Miguel Resource Center has an advocate program. Becoming each one of us become advocates for each other. We can be vigilant. We can catch things before they even spiral out of control. Yeah. And we take responsibility for each other. So even though we're not parents, all of us are parents, maybe not all of us are in partnership with someone, maybe not all of us are in, it doesn't matter. We're in community with each other. Mm -hmm. And there's um, mm -hmm. a relationship right. and rights upon each other we have, a responsibility to each other, a bond we have, mm -hmm. just by living in the same area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot right. of like murmurs and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Louder for the code of listeners yeah. in the back. <laughs> and I think a lot of these conversations happen with like small organizations or parents or mm -hmm. again people you know. And like I think when we were even planning this, I was like, well, law enforcement needs to be there. You need to put a face to who you're reporting to if you choose to report, if if that, you know? So it's like and I think one thing that um, we've been working with, like Tri County, um, in collaboration, is having coffee with the cop, cafecito con un policía, which is like bringing law enforcement in, so the Latino community can be like, oh, I, I know Josh, and kind of getting rid of those barriers or even like stigma of like I don't report because back in my country. A, B, or C happen. So again, like we all need to be around the table, supporting each other. I'm not going to say if it's when mm -hmm. something like this happens because when I was working at the research center for five years, people would be like, "Oh, what do you do?" And I would tell them like, "Oh my God, that happens here." I get that every time. And I'm like, we live in a very beautiful place, but mm -hmm. things happen here, mm -hmm. and having the resources and the community support is really important. Yeah. How does that, well, so let's, I mean, first, you know, kind of even taking a step back when we're talking about sexual assault and harassment, like, what are we, what are we talking about? Like, what does that mm -hmm. look like in our community? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. rape. Yeah. Rape is one. Um, unconsensual touching. Mm -hmm. um, There's a lot of misuse of power in employment situations, yep. Yep. Um, particularly yeah, in any dynamic that includes power, um, Hara and any kind harassment, of harassment, yeah, mm -hmm. um, and youth, and harassment, youth, it, it, har all harassment. ages, all yeah, ages, yeah. I, I, it happens a ton at the school. There's a ton of bullying that ends up um, centering around sexual violence and sexual harassment, and. And it's also important, you know, as we're having this conversation to note that this involves members of all genders and sexual orientations. Yes. Um, women, because we live in a patriarchy, have always received some of the worst of it. But if you're an individual who doesn't identify with um, the bi gender binary or if you're two-spirit or trans or any of the other, you know, huge spectrum of beautiful sexual and gender expressions... Um, you also often experience some of the worst end of it as well. And so do men. Men also experience sexual mm -hmm. harassment and assault in our community. Like, there are no exceptions to this, unfortunately. So, Yeah. I mean, and I think it's also interesting and in, in recognizing that you are experts in, in this in some ways, but there is also going to be a lot of experts at the mm -hmm, event definitely. next week. Yeah. But, you know... I think it's also an interesting dynamic because, Tabasim, you, know, you speak of like we're all in community with each other and that is very true. We also have the dynamic of living in a tourist economy and a tourist community where we have a lot of folks coming in and out. So, mm -hmm. you know, something might happen at a bar and it might not be someone who lives here or whatever mm -hmm. that might be. And so how do y'all <laughs> kind of think about like how do we how do we kind of sh be in that community with people when we're not necessarily in community with everyone that we're in this physical space with, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's a valid question, but I, but I, to, to me, if something happened in our community, whether they lived here or not, it still happened here. Mm -hmm. And I think um, you can, it's here mm -hmm. and this is our community. And mm -hmm. the whole point is, is to create awareness and as to boss every time but so eloquently <laughs> um it, it is our community and it's us working together mm -hmm. and um whether it's a school age or a t over 21 um i i feel like this is my community and i, I want awareness 
Um, I want people to feel safe, that they can talk to someone, they can go to SMRC, and that other people know who is at SMRC, Mm -hmm. who are those people, who is at the marshal's office, what can they actually do, Um, if anything, what happens, like, if you go to the med center, who are you going to see? So these are, yeah, it's it's very important, and whether or not somebody doesn't necessarily live here, but if somebody's around, we know how, and somebody will know how to get to somebody that can help. Um, Did you want to say no. go. It's also like um, having that united front, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is our community. This is our culture. We have a compassionate culture. If we lead with that, we put that on all of our advertising for the city, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is the town you're coming into. This is, this is what we... Um, uphold. Like, for example, even in our own conversation, our community conversations, we have community agreements and assumptions that we all agree to. Like, Mm -hmm. what are the conditions that we need to have to feel safe? Mm -hmm. And everyone has them there, and they're like, yes, this is what is required, and to make me feel safe, people can add to it. Having the same thing for our community. This is the conditions we have in our town Mm -hmm. to help us, everyone community community member, to feel safe. We have everyone, my goal, my vision is everyone's trained as advocates. Everyone has their eye on each other. Mm-hmm. And if someone is doing something that is aggressive to someone in our community or anyone, it's like, whoa, hey, mm-hmm. we don't do that here. We shouldn't do it anywhere. We mm-hmm. definitely don't do it here. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what we should, that's what I would like for us to lead with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The, you know, as all the community conversations are, you all are going towards, like, let's talk and open up and air some of these um, tougher conversations that we have in our community. So, you know, I guess like, and, and you've all touched on it, but how do we, um, like, is there like a seed or like, how do you start that conversation, right? Like when it comes to sexual, sexual assault and the harassment, like it's it can be an uncomfortable conversation, right? To have with friends or maybe like with parents and children, whatever that might be like, what would y'all say is a good entrance point into being like, <laughs> let's have this conversation? Have you watched that video with, um, do you want a cup of tea? <laughs> Just put that on consent. and then the conversation gets started. It's a, it's a consent analogy and it's yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's on YouTube. Anybody can find it. That's yeah. a great one. Yeah. <laughs> I also think that, um, honestly, this conversation is happening in our community right now in a really... Um, already because of recent news regarding a string of um, sexual assaults and I would I have to say that especially at the school this is happening a lot and young people are talking about it a lot and so if you're an adult like me and you're not talking about it as well you need to come up to speed on it Um, but I think if you're asking like how to just even open it as a topic of conversation, I think one way to start talking about it is to just ask people if they've ever felt unsafe or compromised, um, if they've ever felt um, sexually harassed, um, or if they felt that sexual violence was perpetrated against them in our community. Because I think one of the other really big things that we've kind of come to through this series of conversations is that there's a lot of power around silence Mm -hmm. and it's perhaps one of the most compelling um, compelling ways that progress doesn't happen is that we just don't even ask and even personally I've been trying to as I lead up to this event talk to my friends about this and just ask them and of course, I always say, like, if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to. But, like, start with people you love and hold dear and who feel comfortable speaking to you. And you may be really surprised at what you hear. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I think that um, talking, I guess because I have teenagers, um, talking to them is um, you are very surprised at what you hear. And I genuinely have been pretty surprised um which was maybe the catalyst for the self-defense course um just talking to to some young people and their response was if someone's gonna rape me they're gonna do it no matter what and I was appalled so that was not my I was like no no that is not gonna happen um so I just wanted to increase the conversations yeah we have someone who's calling in, so we're going to have you pop those headphones on. 
Hi, you're live on Kodo. Um, um, may I speak? I don't want to be in the radio. Okay. Um, do you mind calling back? Are you able to call back at about 7? Yes, of course. Okay, perfect. Thank you. We'll, we'll bring you up off the air if you call back. And thank you for, yeah, thank you perfect. for what you're doing. All right. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Well, for anybody else, if you would like to call, if you have any questions or yeah. comments, please give us a call nine seven zero seven two eight four three three three. I wanted to add what um, both Tiffany and um, Joanna were saying about your question. I think one of the things that we found is creating a safe space, um, a space where people know that they're not going to be judged. Um, where they can share their fears. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be stigmatized. So what we found out in our last session, we had a, a huge response from the youth. Like, they were really engaged mm -hmm. and really sharing mm -hmm. with us. And just. And when I asked them, I was like, are you guys going to come next time? They're like, oh, my God, we love it. Yeah, we're coming. And they were, like, sprouted out on the floor. And that, for me, when I see kids spread out on the floor, I know they're comfortable. Um, <laughs> you're fed. We make sure everyone's needs are met. Mm -hmm. um, there's they know that there's nothing off the table and with time having patience with people with time they will open up but they just need to know that there's a space i can go to there's a space where i can be me i feel like for me that's also the first step you don't have to know what to say you don't have to be an expert you just can i can i be with you in this and that's all the person needs to know yeah and if you're interested in becoming a victim advocate <laughs> the research center um usually has three um, throughout the year but I think that's one thing that I learned working there just listen like be a very active listener and when someone is talking to you uh, you know like all you can really do is listen um, to that person and their feelings and validation has always been like key validating the feelings because um, when someone's victimized in their brain they start to analyze did I do something was I wearing was I too drunk did I say yes at one point like all mm. these emotions and things start to come into their head and all when someone opens up about it all you can do as a friend as an advocate as a community member is listen and validate mm. don't question don't say why didn't you do this no listen and validate them because that to them you know mm -hmm. is going to lift so much and it's going it, it's it's a process when you go through trauma, you know, but I think for me, that's something that I've learned. I zip it. I like to talk a lot, but just listening and validating <laughs> someone's feelings um, because that's how they feel. And that's what happened. And everybody does trauma differently, right? <laughs> like everybody handles trauma very differently. So just giving people the space and doing exactly what Claudia said, um, especially when you're around young women um, or men, um, and, and listening to them talk, it's just zipping it is one of the hardest, believe me. We all, I, Claudia can talk to, I can talk to. Um, and, you know, you always think as an adult or a grown-up, you know so much more and they would just listen. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. And so you have to listen to them. Um, and and it's, it's, it's fascinating and really hard. Well, and then on the flip side, you know, if, you know, I think that for a lot of folks who, because this is stigmatized, it's a little bit of a taboo yeah. subject. Yeah. If somebody then discloses to you or shares their experience, I can imagine, you know, also, oh my gosh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what the right thing to say is or how to, you know, direct them to other resources or what that meant, like, you know, wanting to do and say the correct thing right. mm -hmm. and so I mean maybe it goes back to the same thing I'm just like no just like don't say anything the correct thing is to don't say anything in that moment but kind of like on that flip side if if someone does come to you how do you then show up for them in a, in a way that is is best or healthiest if you then are in a, a space of being like oh my gosh I don't know right. what to do with this new information that I'm getting well, that's what they teach you at advocate training. <laughs> but, um, I mean, this happens all the time. People come to me and I'm like, we'll figure it out. No, we walk to the resource center mm -hmm. and do like a hand warm off and like, do you want me to be here or not? Like, I'm not mm -hmm. here to fix problems, but you told me and 
that's huge. Mm -hmm. If someone trusted you and felt that they could share something with you, you hold their hand and you'd be like, what do you need right now? Mm-hmm. And if that's just listening, listening. And if that's like, hey, here are the numbers and I can share the numbers to the resource center later. Here, here are the resources. Here's that they can, if you don't feel comfortable going, I will go with you. Mm-hmm. Be a friend. That's someone told you this. Like mm-hmm. you just hold their hand. And I think also listening to your own body and your own self, like, Mm -hmm. is this triggering to you? Can you emotionally take this? And be honest with yourself. I think it's also, you come first in a sense of like, can I help my friend? Mm -hmm. Um, But we have the resources and this is why we're having these conversations. Exactly, like if you feel like you could have someone talk to you about this, this is a great time to start coming to Mm -hmm. all the community (laughs) conversations because we aim to provide really concrete, again, not just the community solidarity and support, which is powerful, but also concrete resources. And we're talking about, when we keep saying resources, we're saying a paper handout, a website, a phone number of somebody you can call, the face to put with a name of someone with whom you might work to help with something like this. And obviously Tri-County also has a ton of resources Mm -hmm. around therapy and counseling Mm -hmm. and support for mental health and behavioral health so that if people are going through difficult difficult things, there's resources not only for responding to the sexual assault or harassment, but providing wellness care too. So tons of yeah. concrete and resources. And we work with San Miguel Resource Center. We work with all the yes. organizations in the town to create this wraparound care because someone who goes through that, everything gets affected. Um, so like Claudia was saying, it's like literally walking with this person to this place, accompanying them to wherever they need and then asking them, people, we know what we need. Mm-hmm. It's just given the space, I just need someone there with me to help me support me in this moment, but I know what I need. I just don't want to be alone in this moment. Mm-hmm. And that's what you provide. And sometimes it's just like, can I get you something to drink? Can yes. Have you slept lately? Can I do something for you to clear some space so you can take some time for yourself? Are you in a safe place? Mm-hmm. These are just the ba- yeah. things that are like basic questions, but they make a world of difference to that person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important to also mention, like, you know, it's... <laughs> When something happens, um, people deal with trauma very differently, and you push sometimes feelings aside. And I think, you know, the Semigo Research Center can help victims that, you know, and survivors in the past, present, whatever that looks like. And they do offer, I think, six free sessions for therapy um, to support that, but also financial support. Mm -hmm. Um, We do safe housing. Um, We, if you need to get out of a unhealthy relationship or even like, you're at a crisis you know they pretty much figure it out because that's their funding and goes through all that of how to support you and they reach out to organizations like tri-county hey can you help with this can you do this because it is when something happens it's kind of like your tunnel vision and you're trying to figure out where do i even start and that's when you need most of the support if you have kids figuring navigating all the things that like if something were to happen that's why these organizations exist and that's why community is so important. Like, we, yes. we have so many cases like that. We're, it's sad to say we have so many cases like that. Mm. We call on San Miguel Resource Center so much. We call, if there's children involved, Bright Futures, this, that, right. tel- um, Telerad Medical Center. Um, we also offer financial assistance because this will shake someone's world, depending on what happens to them. And it just shows how much of a community support we need for this um, when things like this happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I myself have, when Claudia was working at SMRC, I walked a student in and said okay I don't know what to do mm-hmm. and 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 we recognize too that we are creating awareness we are mm-hmm. providing and showing the community resources what resources are available and we also recognize that um, it's so difficult to get justice mm-hmm. and to to navigate this very long drawn out we recognize that um, and we, we know that, but what we're here to do is to show what we do have. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of positives, as we've heard tonight. Like, I mean, what um, TCHN, what San Miguel Resource does, I mean, it's so important and so needed. And, and I think in the everyday world, I didn't realize until three years ago that, oh, you can walk in somewhere mm-hmm. and get help. There's that that happens, and there's somebody there, and sure enough, there was somebody there mm-hmm. that was like, okay, so this is what's what this is what's going to happen, 
and I was so I learned so much in such a short amount of time that and but talking to other people in the community they're like no one does that happen here and two mm-hmm. oh we have things like that mm-hmm. and we have help I didn't know and so just like with the, the healthy kids which kind of started this conversation our mm-hmm. goal as a community members and all of the collaborators mm-hmm. was to show the community that we do have something mm-hmm. we do have resources for you should you need it yeah and you know looking at kind of the flip side of um of the coin right of obviously wanting to have those resources available for survivors people who have been through how much of the conversation then talks about you know how do we keep or help (laughs) or whatever that might look like other members of our community from doing these things right like the other side Mm -hmm. is accountability accountability and and making it so it's people and i think you know i for many many people i think especially young people of who are still learning like what like what does consent look like how does it work in different situations or like all of those things and so how do you then have kind of it's it's the other side of the same coin of like have that conversation of um yeah ensuring that people have the resources and know how to not do how how not to do right i think as a parent like mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. coming from a parent's per- perspective talking to my son and trying to like like i did not it it was it took a little bit to figure out that like how do, how do i explain to him like oh you cannot talk to, i mean if someone's drinking if you're drinking if they're drinking like that is a no go like it mm-hmm. just really going i'm pretty sure i scared him like yeah <laughs> um yeah i scared him um but just all the things that could possibly happen um as being a a, a man a boy and well he's not a boy he's a man but you know um it was a it was a different conversation than having with my daughter Mm -hmm. um which is a very it was it was it was still incredibly pertinent um but very different i i actually found it way more difficult to talk to my son Mm -hmm. than my daughter um and it was hard it was hard and at the time there was nobody around I, I mean how to have that conversation and I know that they got some they're like we learned that in school I'm like really because you know I would <laughs> coming off of reading Missoula like mm-hmm. you question everything as a parent um or as a young person and I thinking back to my college days I'm like wow right that was I mean, there are so many moments and instances mm-hmm. where you had too much to drink or too much um, of everything. Um, being in a bar when you're 25 and going past, like, y- there, were, there were so many instances where you, yeah. I, I think you're addressing something really important, which is that it does often start really young, even with little kids talking about consent in, yeah. in really, you know, you can begin in really small ways. But I also think there's a lot um, of community accountability that comes from literally from the ground up, creating a culture where um, survivors and victims are believed yeah. and that they know no matter what, if they told their story to me, I would believe them. And as also a survivor, um, my own experiences in life would have been fundamentally different if those with whom I shared those experience, those experiences were even remotely conditioned to start at being like, I believe you. And so personally, I think that's like a deeply personal choice. That's a deeply personal responsibility to take. And I think women perpetuate a lot of violence on one another by not cre- creating this culture of believing believing the stories of survivors. Um, so that's a personal choice to make with yourself and to do your own self-work and to do your own self-education and to do things like trainings. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that's also something that we create together as, as a culture. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's a really huge ask, but I think talking, if you're a survivor and you feel like it's appropriate mm-hmm. to do so, talking about your experience so that people know that you are someone who would believe them um, it's hugely impactful. Sharing stories in a way that respects survivors um, and don't just question them, like, uh, happens 
far too often in news media. So this happens at every level in a community like ours. And, and we also want to hold community accountability for entities like our local law enforcement who, who need to evolve in, in this realm as well in believing victims. So mm-hmm. that's also something that is that's com- community accountability. And I think all these all these conversations help us to connect to our humanity. I think that's really yeah. important. Um, sitting there, as Claudia was saying, like r- truly listening with our hearts, hearing other people's experiences, hearing um, what's on their mind. And I see your humanity. I see your light. You see my humanity. You see my light. Mm-hmm. And doing that with everyone in the community. Um, there's kind of like I don't. It's like a blessing, and I don't know if maybe it's an inconvenience that we're in this <laughs> small town and we're remote, and we're in a small town. It's remote, <laughs> but we have the opportunity to really connect with each other. And so, if we see each other, recognize each other's humanity, we also create this mutual respect for mm-hmm. each other. We have rights on one another. Um, we have to in that care for one another and really um, upholding that concept of interbeing and interconnectedness. Whether we like it or not, we are all interconnected. We rely on each other for everything. We rely on every living being for everything. Um, when we put that in the center, and that is uh, our focus for us, it really influences all of our decisions. We wouldn't want to do anything that would cause harm to someone else because it will affect me. It's like going back to it will affect me. And we start to realize how many people are affected by sexual violence mm-hmm. across the board everyone can pretty much say I know someone or I am a survivor mm-hmm. that alone and it creates this ripple is imbalance throughout our, our our society and so to restore that balance is to respo- restore that respect restore that humanity and restore that collective care you know I think that there, there's an element of maybe you, you know kind of like the the then maybe the cynical side of of that is like is the buy-in right of like of the whole community we can have this goal and and believe that if we're focusing in on that energy and our interconnectedness we can do a lot but it kind of requires maybe maybe i guess i'm posing the question requires everybody to buy in on that together so how do we keep from um not only having these conversations with maybe like-minded people or people who are also open to these conversations and then there's a whole other group of folks who maybe are not buying into that conversation not part of that that then it can't really go anywhere if that makes sense no i i think that does make sense but i think you have to start with at least a conversation first Mm -hmm. out in the community and at least put it out there Mm -hmm. and try um and it might not, I mean, you, it might not be a great response. Um, I think there's always going to be people that are like, yeah, that doesn't affect me. Um, I don't believe, sure. But on the off chance that it does help actually somebody um, and or five people that come and just want to be part of the conversation, I feel like that's a success. Mm-hmm. But you have to start somewhere. You can't just not have the conversation and and only read about it in the newspaper and or listen to it be hearsay mm-hmm. or be at the buck and be like oh that happened no that you know they were drunk whatever um they were drunk whatever is such a lame excuse um and i'm actually tired of it i mean it does happen and they were drunk whatever really um that's what we're going to go. I mean, the only way to create change is to start. Mm-hmm. That is the only way to create change. Um, and I, that's what we're here. We're opening the doors and it's, it's, we're, we want to have the conversation and we hope that people want to have the conversation and be part of it. You got to start somewhere. I mean, the buy-in might not happen totally, but if we can begin it, that's the goal, Right. Is anybody just planting those seeds it's important mm-hmm. and some seeds we won't see blossom in our lifetime you know but it's happening it may not ha- it may happen part of it in our generation the kids our kids generation and further on it has to start we start small we're consistent and it will eventually spread out it'll eventually have like they said that ripple effect mm-hmm. um it's already like uh, tiffany was saying like last time having the, the youth speak up have this pr- every time there's one more person coming in mm-hmm. two more people coming in people stop us on the street at least i'm getting the experience yeah. and they're like last month's conversation was awesome i heard about it i couldn't make it mm-hmm. sign me up for the next one it's happening 
Yeah. So. Childhood Education Foundation has been doing sex education for parents. Like we did it, we started, I think SMRC led the conversation maybe six or seven years ago. And so back then my kids were young and I really thought, oh, I guess I'm just going to go. I have no, I don't really, I'm on the, this board, I'll just go. And then I learned so much. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Okay. Like it, it was so it created, but it was the same 10 parents that came every year. So, and then talking to parents, sometimes they're like, oh no, I know everything that my kid does. My kid doesn't have sex. Um, or we've talked about it. And my favorite is my, is my, yeah, no, my kid doesn't. I know everything that my kid does. I'm like, oh, really? That's cool. Um, <laughs> so you learn stuff. And then, so creating, and then we took a couple of years off for COVID. Um, we did nothing as nobody did. Um, so we brought it all back and started these community conversations again, um, or at a bigger scale in hopes that it does affect the whole community. It's not just young people. It happens um, to all of us. I mean, it, it affects us all and that's the goal. And that's what the SMRC is there for, the library, TCHN is there for, and all the other organizations. And it, we're just so grateful that um, the Marshall's department is willing to come and talk to us and be there. Josh is willing to be like, hey, this is what we do. Yeah, Josh um, is great. Josh is fantastic. He's really been like super open um, and always willing to say yes for anything that we have ever asked, I think. Yeah, I asked him. He's taking Spanish class right now. Can <laughs> you get a little bit closer to the mic, Claudia? Oh. He's taking Spanish class right now. <laughs> and I was just like, hey, I would really like a law enforcement perspective on this conversation. And we're not talking specific on cases. We just want the resource and the conversation in a phase to like if someone were to report a sexual assault to you. And he was like, yes, I'm coming. Kenny Nisham's like, I will be there. I'm like, it would be great if Jimmy's there. Like, we'll see. You know, like he's been so receptive to like, how can I help? Yes. And so um, I really appreciate that. Um, and his time and efforts to really kind of come in to our community and be like, I'm here. I'm, you know, a police officer and I'm here to support. So I, I can really appreciate that. And he's, he's, all, I mean, yeah, my, everybody, I mean, everybody <laughs> has been great. There are all these organizations know this stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great to have everybody in kind of one place um, mm-hmm. that are experts, that are um that can have a more um, a conversation that is useful versus hearsay, um, and I and I think this subject is super frustrating for a lot of people um, and a lot of things. So I think it's really important that we get in all of our community conversations. Mm-hmm. We have been actually really good at getting as all the experts in from anywhere to be able to talk about them because I think it's important. Yeah, um, you've already kind of touched on this earlier in the hour but for folks who participate and show up next week what do you like best case scenario what are they leaving with on a personal level and then what is the community leaving with as a result of this having had happened um i can't both of them looking at me (laughs) (laughs) you have been volunteering and i can't look at anyone else um so when we were talking about our planning meetings that we have every month um we always start with our intention everyone kind of shares what they what they're feeling going in um and so it's like solidarity um safety safe spaces um always education engagement and community action is really important it's not like we're going to talk we ticked it off pat on the back we did it it's going to solve itself. No. So like I was saying earlier, we take these notes and we bring notes from all of the sessions and we're looking at it. Like what are similarities we're seeing here? What are things we can actually pull off this board and actually put into action? Um, other things, we always have like a meditation at the end. So some collective care. So you can leave with some practices you can actually take home with you. For example, in this particular situation, if you are a survivor, um, you can leave with something tangible to help you um, regulate any type of high running emotions or tension. We also open up with um, what we call like an energizer activity. So to like open up the topic to kind of just ground ourselves and center us in the, in the conversation we're going to be having. Um, access to the resources. So knowing what those resources are, putting a face to these resources. Um, interacting with them. So not in a time of crisis, but now where everything, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, in the event, I 
I really hope that doesn't happen, but I know who to go to. Um, also, in addition to having people there, we're also going to have like books and films and other things people can continue to study. We have to be in a constant practice of education. And from that, we hope that we can actually put something into motion. What is our next best, our next um, step after this conversation? I'm hoping that people will have more people coming and um, create that safe space and create that model for that compassionate culture we want to see outside of the library after these conversations are over. And also, I mean, I think SMRC being there and their advocate training, like as a community, mm -hmm. like, so if you want to see community action and the thing, I mean, they can do the advocate training with SMRC and become an advocate, not mm -hmm. just sit and talk about it. And mm -hmm. or at least have the tools to be that one person that if somebody comes to them, it's the, you're that one person and you might have. So because you went to that talk, you have the skills to go up and go, I know where we can go. I know what we can do. So that is that's my that's my intention and create awareness and yeah. openness and not sweep things under the carpet <laughs> <laughs> or wood floors whatever <laughs> you know under the rug under the rug <laughs> that's the word <laughs> look at look at me English, <laughs> English is my second language but I got that one uh, um but yeah, I think it's important. Um, I'm not sure when um, the Research Center is having their next advocate training. It is a 40-hour training. It's free. Um, and it kind of gives you the tools to listen. <coughs> and, you know, they talk about, um, they have a couple of topics like domestic violence because, you know, that happens here. And um, a lot of their survivors and victims are from domestic violence. And then sexual assault. And then what the school is doing as far as, like, not the school, but in the schools. Um, we have they have two prevention educators that come in from little talking about consent uh, you talk about cultural considerations 32% of our population is Spanish speaking so how culturally can you um, have these conversations when we talk about domestic violence and sexual assault um, so it's it's a really good 40-hour training and I, you know the goal for the research center is to have more volunteers to take the hotline but if you don't want to take the hotline you don't have to um, I haven't taken the hotline in two years since I've been gone, and that's been the best thing. But, you know, like, you, if you want to, you can, but they're giving you the tools to be able to be an advocate in your community, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. Um, it's a big question that, unfortunately, we probably won't ever necessarily get to. We can aspire to, but... Um, you know, things are hard. And so, you know, from your perspective, moving forward in our community, I guess, either what do you feel like our community needs to do to really address sexual assault and harassment and like make it a thing that does not exist here anymore? Um, oh. And, <laughs> and like, and, or like, what, what it, maybe on a smaller or like a, smaller scale like what does the future of our community look like um, as we continue to have these hard conversations and stop sweeping things under the rug oh I mean we have to address the systems of violence let's be real yeah. we live under an oppressive racial capitalist society mm -hmm. we live under society of patriarchy and we live under a society of white supremacy that's the roots if you're looking at like an oppression tree mm -hmm. those are the roots the trunk is going to be all of these institutions that enable that and keep that happening and then the, the branches are everything we're facing sexual violence um, homophobia mm -hmm. um, Islamophobia food insecurity housing insecurity you name it that's all there so we can put band-aids on stuff and you know but if we don't get down and address the roots this is going to constantly happen if we don't see the humanity in another person it is not okay to violate this person it's going to keep happening and it's we can only deal with what we have in front of us, our community, and create that awareness and create that mindset. Because yes, we have the greater world to think about. We have social media. We have where other people are not acting that way. But we can change something here. And I think we shouldn't overlook that. Like, oh, that's not going to make a big enough difference. I was like, yes, it will. But we have to start here and like 
um, Tiffany was saying, like Claudia was saying, we start, we keep at it, we keep consistent with it, and we don't get discouraged when there is a setback or there's maybe one person in the conversation. That is one person, we don't know who that one person is connected with. They could go back to a whole community of like a thousand people and totally transform it. But for a whole transformation to happen, we have to address the big problem, which is we live under systems of oppression and violence. Yeah. And I think believing victims and survivors, mm -hmm. I think there's, because we live in a community that we know everybody, there's this kind of like shrug and we're like, well, they shouldn't have been wearing that. Oh, she shouldn't have drank, you know, like whatever. It's the Our sense boys of like, will be it, boys. boys will be boys. Mm -hmm. If it happened, believe them. Like there is no need to kind of brush them off and be like, they're fine or, or you know, like we live in a fishbowl. And so for that, when you see a person is victimized or you hear of it, you brush it off. And we do that too often. Like that's, to me, not cool. It's kind of like, as a community, we have to support each other. And if you see something, stop it. Like I was at the puck maybe four years ago and I saw a man touch a female inappropriately. And I go, hey, no. And I told the bartender and they threw him out. Again, like little things that we do, we notice it. But again, I, I don't want to be a bystander. Like, that's not, like, for me, it's always been, like, if I believe someone that they're going, those are their feelings, they're victimized, like, all I could do is be an ear and listen and guide them to resources. And that's actually really huge, like, creating not only communities that are compassionate, but communities that are accountable. If we can have, um, be really skilled up and have the tools and know how to, like, she knew skillfully how to handle that situation, so it's a matter of skillfulness. We can stop those small, like... A small interaction like that from escalating to something that can be out of control so that's actually a really huge step that we can each take yeah uh, yeah no I think it's hard I mean I was just trying to think of you myself have, you don't have to add something if you don't no, want to. I was just trying to think like would I have said anything I don't know I I don't know if I would have like been and have seen the say would I have said anything I would have said it in my head maybe um but four years ago I don't know that I would have would I now yeah um because I have some more education from these lovely ladies mm -hmm. um, um but yeah I think it, it it's um it's all about education and awareness and the continuing and I just hope that we can do that in our community yeah well and it's interesting too Claudia what you say about um we live in a fishbowl and so people just kind of easily brush things off. I think, you know, there can also, the, the flip side of that can be because we live in a fishbowl and because everybody knows each other and so often everyone's up in each other's business mm -hmm. that like folks don't want to say they something don't. because it's like, yeah. well, if I say, if I tell one person, the entire community will know yeah, and absolutely. I don't want that. And that's, well, the know, beauty another if you go side. into the research center, everything is confidential. Mm -hmm. Like, when I was working there, yes, I knew it all. But even being a board member now, I've kept my little bag of secrets because, again, we live in a fishbowl. But I want folks to feel safe. And, again, if a friend of mine would come into the research center, I would ask them, do you want me to help you? I'm happy to step out. I'm also happy not to hear anything about your case because we live in a small community. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it's building a safe space for people to come in. Um, and the lovely thing is, I think Ainsley, who works at the research center, lives in Ridgeway. <laughs> you know, she doesn't live, and I, you know, that could be a, a bonus and not, you know, you don't see her around, but I, I get it. When we talk about AA and people going to AA, like there's that sense of like, people know my business everything coming into the research center is confidential and no one says anything like that they're they highly work on confidentiality and that's key and important and that's a part of also funding like they keep that to themselves and that's the important part of coming in there if you're wanting support hey i'm going through a divorce hey this happened i'm also this person and whatever no one knows it's not you know i get it i totally get it and the same is true for Shroud County. It's also a safe space, also confidential. We held to really high standards about that. So if you do come in, know that not everyone's going to know your business. It yep. stays with us. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's important to know. Are you guys all mandatory reporters? Um, at SMRC, yes. At the library, no. <laughs> <laughs> are you mandatory? Are um, you guys some positions within our organization, yes. And those are conversations that we have with kids. Hey, just so you know, I'm a mandated reporter. And if you tell me something that might be like mm, by law like yeah again different topic but yes yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um we've kind of been discussing the um a little 
preview maybe or a <laughs> teaser for what yeah. folks but if people are like oh i want to go to that what are the nuts and bolts of how people participate in this community conversation just come just right. show Tuesday. up God, yeah just that was that was Tuesday. me having y'all say time and place <laughs> so it's that would mean at wilkinson public library in the program room at 5 30 uh-huh correct and we have dinner we yes. have babysitting we yes. have um a t- interpreter yep and um we have food let's yeah. just like get on that and we have like we do an activity we have we hear from people who are coming to speak and share but the bulk of it is time for community discussion and we have like i said uh, meditation and movement to help you know just different ways of healing practices and it doesn't go on for hours and hours no, i mean no. i know this seems like a, we do there's a lot that happens in this time period but it's about an hour and some change some change mm-hmm. yeah um so a lot happens um in that short amount of time yeah so yeah. come you don't need to sign up We'll, just be, we'll there. be there yeah and for um kind of on the the bigger series as a whole i know that this has been going on all winter mm-hmm. i think this is there's one more after this do i have that no, right or this is the last ta- one this is the last one we're so, taking a break in april okay so the question is then these are really important conversations that we're having is this a series that will continue on or is it like well as Tavasim, you were saying it's like you can't just put up your well, hands and for say, year one done. we have it scheduled up to december i think it's a and i, I think we're st- yes but we don't know when we're picking it back up if it's in if it's like the summer or after the summer Mm -hmm. and there's a lot that happens like june is immigrant heritage month so there's a lot that happens and so we're going back to the Mm -hmm. group and be like hey what's the next topic because there is there's a lot we talk about diversity good and inclusion you know there's there's so much that we can continue to have these conversations on but um we'll keep you all posted on the Mm -hmm. future of these conversations no and i think that the intention is is to continue Mm-hmm. them um we do have the diversity incl- we do have some but but because of um april um and uh, you know we're all adjusting to april we're excited for april but yes we're we'll move it to maybe may got it um yeah, yeah. i think that's i'm vision like you know like this year this is the focus the healthy kids kind of inspired it year two we'll look at a different inspiration based on what the community they're, they're community-led so what does the community want to talk about for next year um and just see how we do and where we do it and you know yeah Perfect. Well, before we leave, yeah, can I on. give yeah, yeah, yeah. the hotline for the Research Center? Yes, please. Um, the number is 1-844-816-3915. 1-844-816-3915. Yeah. Perfect. It's 24-7. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that is all the time we have this evening. Um Thank you all so much for, for being here and being Thank part of this you. conversation. More to come next week at the Wilkinson Public Library at 5 p.m. Coda listeners, thanks so much for tuning in. And we'll be back with a news fundraising off the record next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment. And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at koto.org with feedback and ideas. Oh, you, you.